And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I'm here. I have my co-host, T-Up, on the line, and it is, oh man, it is Tuesday, and it's a little bit slow right now in the NFL period, but that's perfect, because that's why we have a pod. T-Up, are you there? Yo, what it do? We have a Tuesday afternoon podcast. This is a, a rare occasion, but our schedule's worked out that way. Yeah, I know. I, I appreciate it. So, Tuesday, it is March 26th. We are officially a month away from the NFL draft. So the NFL draft is April 25th to the 27th. So we literally have nothing else to really talk about at this point because uh, free agency is about done. And yeah, man, uh, I mean, outside of that, you're going to hear a bunch of whispers about NFL draft prospects in regards to rumors. And I don't know, Cliff Kingsbury with Kyler Murray, for example, amongst other things in the NFC West. Uh, but I want to at least have this opportunity to talk about some of the free agent signings in the NFC West division. What say you to you up? Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive in. Okay, so let's just go ahead and go and talk about some of the more, how would I say, pricier items in the NFC West. And um, what comes to mind would be the Niners, they've been spending a ton of money. Not necessarily a lot of money. Uh, not necessarily a lot of money per se. We'll talk a little bit more about that in regards to the contracts of how Parag wrote them in, ter- in terms of the, the deals that they did sign the free agents. And then the Rams made headways. They, they signed a, a couple of their guys, and they got Clay Matthews, um, you know, a grizzled veteran edge rusher. The Cardinals, they, they did some patch-up work along the offensive line. Um, nothing too much. And then the Seahawks, they uh, they signed a kicker, which is great. And not much more after that. So, Tia, the first thing that comes to mind was, I mean, we spoke about this during the pre-free agency before free agency officially started. But let's kind of revisit it now since we're looking at the numbers and Everything else is kind of done with the free agency class. Quan Alexander, weak side linebacker from the Bucks. He got like a $54 million deal, four years with the Niners. And they say it's about like, what, 30-something guaranteed. Um, we've had the chance to look a little bit more about the details of that contract and just kind of wrap your head around it. I mean, what, what's your initial thoughts now that we see all the uh, the details with this? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the contract and you know Craig Morath he's, he's been known as the contract guru of the 49ers um, I mean at the beginning I can't say that I was I was satisfied with the signing because you just see the guaranteed money um, and uh, I guess a larger scope of the contract but after looking the looking at the numbers it's a very uh, team friendly I would say contract and it's it's front loaded as usual or as you would expect from a typical 49er contract so what that would mean is after I believe the second year if Quan Alexander does not uh, perform up to his standards hitting his incentives then that means that he would uh, I guess the Niners would be able to uh, explore trade options with him without taking too much dead money on their on their payroll and um, not too much of a financial hit. So, 
I, I like it. Um, Quan Alexander, he's in his prime. He's approaching his prime. Was he 26 years old? 24. So yeah. at the end, 24. Wow, he's young. Okay. So I like that. I like that. And then, you know, two years from now, he'll be 26. And um, we'll see. The Niners could go in two directions. They could, uh, you know, they could either keep him or they could, um, you know, look at other trade options, look at different direction. But I really like the contract. I really like it. What do you think? Uh, man, I, I'm a little bit 50-50 split on this. I mean, I, I get it. If you look at this deal, you look at, you know, Jet, Jerick McKinnon, you look at Pierre Grosson, where it looks like a lot of money up front when you first get it on, on Twitter. Like, hey, oh my God, there's they're paying him $54 million. He's going to be the highest paid linebacker. He was the highest paid linebacker for like a day. CJ Mosley got signed for 17 mil a couple day, days after that. But I don't know. I mean... Paraki does a great job of making this obviously team friendly, front loaded. Where if they were to cut him after a year or two, it wouldn't be that bad in terms of dead cap money. Um, but I don't know. They've been doing this the last couple years, and so let me ask you this: I mean, if you're a, because here's the thing, Quan Alexander, he's in his prime, but he's coming off an ACL injury. There's some um, question marks going into his contract, and that's why probably him and and the Niners both agreed on an incentive laden type of deal. But I mean, what about like I, I don't know, like like a C.J. Mosley or like a um, Earl Thomas or like a I don't know a, a premier free agent where um, you can't really get away with these type of flexible deals. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, is this? Is this good for, for, for the Niners front office to always be doing this, you know, to get these value deals? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Because, I, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with you with the whole ACL um, thing. And I, we talked about it in the last podcast. It's like, oh, no, we're going to go down this road again. I thought we we removed ourselves from this, but we did go down this road again. So I do agree with you on that. But I would say... I don't know. I don't know the details of the C.J. Mosley contract, but I don't know. Um, me and you, we talked about it at, at length about you know their whole Earl Thomas. Like, why did we go after him? And how, for whatever reason, Sean Lynch is high on our current uh, our current uh, free safety position, which is uh, Jimmy Ward. I mean, straight up, that, like, that, um, I mean, Earl Thomas probably wanted way more guaranteed money up front, and he got that with with the Ravens, for example. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, were Niners even a player for Earl Thomas? I, I don't think I've seen anything on that. The the rumor, per my sources or whatever, uh, there was a team that did offer him a one year deal, and he was interested in that. And then the Ravens came up, swooped him up, gave him a multi year deal with a lot of guaranteed money and, and that was that was pretty much it maybe it was the Niners on that one year deal um, but it wouldn't surprise me you know for them to be cute on, on such a deal like that to kind of keep themselves at bay from from the risk that Earl Thomas has with his injury but the Ravens just said hey you know what we lost Eric Weddle we lost CJ Mosley we're willing to invest in Earl Thomas and I don't know it's just an interesting observation I mean like if you're the player's agent, for example, if you're Earl Thomas's agent, or any you know free agent agent for that matter, I mean, when you negotiate with the Niners, you're like, man, they're gonna, they're gonna what nickel and dime me? They're gonna, I don't know. Is is this like the? You get what I'm saying? It's kind of a sour taste. Yeah, I, I 
Yeah, I, like Sartes, like for the whole Earl Thomas thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe they were trying to get cute, like they usually are. Uh, they get these value type of deals, but I mean, for for some of these premier guys, like you're gonna have to give them guaranteed money. Like you can't do these front loaded deals like like you always do, right? Yeah. No. Uh, I mean. You know how upset I was about the whole, like, not even trying to go after Earl Thomas. Or there was, they, they weren't aggressive enough or what, whatever. And then the whole OBJ thing, looking at it in hindsight, I guess that kind of worked out for the Niners. But, um, or we'll see. The draft hasn't even happened yet. But, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wanted I wanted a, I wanted a big splash in the free agency. And I guess we got it in, in D Ford. And um, I'm convinced we got it in D Ford. He, he's going to be a impact player just right away yeah but the whole linebacker yeah we'll see well i I mean yeah i can see both ways i can see both ways well let's transition to that so i mean pass rushers as you know they're they're really hard to come by they're like really hard to come by um the rams they traded a third round pick to get dante fowler they re-signed him this year on a one-year 12 million dollar prove a deal Um, but for the niners to get their edge rusher their leo guy i mean they gave up a future second-round pick next year, and they paid him. They paid him five years, $87.5 million, and a good amount of guaranteed money from what I remember. But I also remember that they gave him kind of not as team-friendly as, you know, for, for example, the, the Quan Alexander contract. But, I mean, there is some incentives. Uh, D40 is another player that uh, a couple years ago he was coming off a shoulder injury. He had surgery on that. And the first two years, very similar to Solomon Thomas, uh, he was a bust. He didn't do much with the Chiefs. And he had a breakout year the last couple years. And so, I don't know. The Chiefs felt otherwise to not extend him and give him that long-term deal. And the Niners divulged to give him a five-year, $87.5 million deal. I mean, is that kind of weird that uh, that the Chiefs were so... They, like, they didn't even try to retain him, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to not read too far in between the lines about that whole situation. I'm just happy that we got D4. That is the premier pass rusher that we've been lacking for the past, like, five-plus years. Um... I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the numbers. It's, you know, I feel the Niners got good market value for D Ford. Um, he had, I think he was like the top pass rusher last year and then the most uh, QB pressures last year. Uh, forced fumbles, it's up there too. I, I, You're I like correct. it. I yep. like it. Yeah, 91 per pro football focus grade as an edge rusher. Uh, yeah, man. He had 10 sacks in 2016. And he had 13 sacks and 7 forced fumbles last year. I mean, the numbers, they're looking good as of late. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I think he's at 17 mil. I think Trey Flowers, he's right around 19 mil. So it's right along the lines with the number. Let's go ahead and transition from that. So that's Niners. They got Deford as their edge guy. They got Quan Alexander as their off-ball linebacker. Conversely, I mean, the Cardinals, they did not the same but like a plan B version of it all. They got an off-ball linebacker in Jordan Hicks. He came from the Eagles. He's been hurt the last couple years. When he is healthy, which is a big if, um, he's like a plus run defender, plus pass defense type of linebacker, 
rangy guy, very similar to Quan Alexander. He got four years, 36. And then conversely, they did get another edge guy. They're switching back to a 3-4 defensive scheme. And so they picked up Terrell Suggs. Ravens, uh, longtime Ravens edge guy, and he's going to be, I think he's going to be like 36 years old. They gave him a one-year $7 million deal, and he's from Arizona State. He's from Arizona originally. It's kind of a good homecoming for him. Uh, So, yeah, you have the Niners with the plan A paying a big premium for their guys, and this is kind of like the cheaper alternative with the Cardinals. I mean, what's your initial thoughts with that one? I, I really don't know what the Cardinals are doing. <laughs> this, you know, like, I don't know. Like, their their free agency kind of confused me. Um, they they didn't address the wide receiver position, did they? I don't think they did. They they signed Kevin White. Remember him from the Bears? They signed him to, like, a one-year, $5 million deal, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, you know, Larry, Larry's getting up there. He got a lot of miles on him. And, you know, this whole thing about, you know, Kyler Murray being the favorite for, for Arizona to draft. Uh, I don't know. It just seems seems kind of wonky in, uh, in Arizona right now. Yeah, they didn't really do too much in regards to, like, free agent acquisitions on the offense. Uh, I know that they, yeah, they signed J.R. Sweezy, guard from the Seahawks. Um, That's yeah. a good sighting. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's probably my friends, but he's been an asshole in the NFC West. He's a a, a green grinder type of guy, but uh, he replaces Maki Opati, who goes to the Seahawks. Um, those are the they just traded pretty much. Pretty much, Maki Opati. By the way, this is his third team uh, in his career, and he'll be staying in the NFC West. He's probably going to retire with the Rams at this rate. Um, yeah, I mean. I'm just looking at at the Cardinals. Um, I'm just looking at their offseason. I mean, you know, it's pretty pretty hunky-dory. They're filling up some holes, but um, I think that the biggest question mark going into this is going to be not so much with the free agency, but it's going to go with the draft. Right now, it just seems like a bunch of plug-and-play guys. They got Darius Fillon from, um, from the Chargers. He was a defensive tackle. Two years, $10 million. Kevin White, like I mentioned, he was from the the Bears on a one-year, $1.5 million deal. Um, but not much else for the Cardinals. Any any other thoughts with the Cardinals? Is there something else I'm missing? Um, Brent Hundley. Okay, that's kind of cool. From Denver. Okay, yeah, Brent Hundley. I yeah. think Gabbard is on – he got traded. He's on the Bucks now, I believe. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. So Brent Hundley, yeah, I guess. But I think the big, the big storyline for Arizona this year is: are they going to take Kyle Murray or not? And I think all arrows are pointing towards that direction. And I don't know. It it feels like the writing is already on the wall, but they're not officially releasing their, you know, their full agenda yet. Obviously, and they why would you do that during this time? But. I don't yeah. know. They could they could they could shock the the NFL draft and just go a different direction. But as of right now, they really don't have a they don't have a quarterback. So something writing on the wall. Yeah, it's interesting how you mentioned that. Cliff Kingsbury. He was just interviewed earlier this week, and they asked him about the quarterback situation and whatnot. 
And they kind of, well, he said pretty much both things. He said, you know, Josh Rosen, he's our quarterback, quote unquote, for now. Um, you know, he's a good kid. But he also mentioned that Kyler Murray, he's like a great spread offensive quarterback as well. And he thinks very highly of him. So, I mean, I think as of this point, um, they're holding the cards and they're kind of wait. I think that they're just going to wait and see if they can get a really good deal come draft day, maybe. But until then, they're not mm-hmm. going to show their cards and say, like, hey. Like, I don't even think they're going to trade Josh Rosen before the draft. I think that whatever happens come draft day, they'll be, they'll be reactionary. They can get a really good deal and make it happen and trade down. Maybe they can keep Josh Rosen. If not, they get Kyler Murray and then trade him, like, later on in the draft to maybe get a third-round pick. I, I, I don't know, you know? I don't know. Yeah, they're being real hum about it. And that's, you know, that's following suit. And if you have the number one draft pick or number two, you're going to be pretty quiet about it, about what you want to do. You hold the most prized possession out of the whole of the whole draft. I mean, I, I will say this, though. Like, it's, it's very rare. I can't remember... I mean, shoot, uh, when have you ever had a general manager back-to-back years draft a quarterback in the lottery? Top 10, top 5, like back-to-back seasons, and you tell the owner, like, hey, the first time around, that was just a... That was just a uh, a rough draft. Now, now I find my quarterback with Cl- Cliff Kingsbury. He wants this guy. So I mean, it's kind of hard to justify that move. But at the same time, I mean, if Josh Rosen's a bust or they don't believe he's the guy, anyways, then you're you're kind of. Uh, I mean, why 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 waste your time? I guess. I mean, there, there's two ways to look at it. Yep. So. And you know, think about it like this: it's a new head coach, you know, and he wants his. He wants to start off on the right foot, especially if he has the number one pick. So this will be a good indication of what direction he wants to take his team. Yeah, and, and that's the thing about the draft. The draft really shows for, for teams what they're truly thinking about when they look at their 53-man roster, where they prioritize things in free agency and where they put their draft capital. Um, if it means anything, too, I mean, if they really feel that Kyler Murray is the guy and Josh Rosen is not, You'd rather have them do this draft now than later because you don't want to have like a Blake Bortles type of ordeal where you're kind of stuck with him for those couple years and you know he's not the guy, right? But, uh, all right, so the Niners, they, they, they did a whole bunch of stuff in free agency. So did the Rams. I mean, uh, they didn't give like Quan Alexander money, but yeah, I mean, they, they did some moves. Dante Fowler, one year, $12 million deal. He's an edge guy. And kind of cool. I mean, coming back home, same like Terrell Suggs, but uh, Clay Matthews, an edge guy from the Packers. I mean, he's been with the Packers for a very long time, and he's gonna be he's gonna be 32 years old. And they signed him to a two-year, 16.75 million dollar deal. He went to USC. He's back in LA. He goes to a contender. It makes sense. And then, speaking of Blake Bortles, they uh, yeah. The Rams signed Blake Bortles to a one-year, $1 million deal. So, I mean, nothing too crazy for the Rams, but, I mean, some notable veterans that, uh, that honestly, they're getting good value because they're the Rams. They're a winning team, getting them on some pretty pretty good one-year prove-it deals right now, the way I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Clay Matthews, that one was kind of a shocker. That was, like, out of nowhere. And I was actually looking at Clay, Clay Matthews, 
uh, his stats in the past two years, two seasons, I believe, he stays relatively healthy. He he plays like a full season. I think he played all 16 games last season, the season before. I think he only missed like two games with a, I want to say it's a groin or shoulder, but for the most part, he's been pretty effective. And, you know, he being 32 years old, I think he'll be just fine in that weight fill defense. Pretty, pretty cut and dry, pretty simple. What do you think? Yeah, I think, he, I mean, at 32, I think he's got a season or two left of good football play. Um, I'll say this, I mean, from a numbers perspective, this past season he's coming off his career low. He had, by the way, three, three and a half sacks. But then, you know, at the same time, I think that the Rams, I mean, because they still have Dante Fowler, which is awesome. Um, maybe they just use Matthews exclusively as an edge guy. You know, don't have to do anything in coverage. Don't have to do too much on run. Just make him an edge guy on your on your sub packages and keep him fresh. I think that could be um, that could be a good win win. Um, I think that Wade Phillips will obviously put him in a good position to succeed. So I mean, if he has a little bit more energy, if they kind of space out his playing time for for those opportune situations, I mean, I think he can definitely beat the three and a half sacks that he had this past season. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. So the next thing is, what about Bortles? One year, one million dollar deal. Yeah, I mean he's he's in he's in the NFC West, which is kind of weird, but <laughs> I guess I thought he was gonna go to the AFL. To be honest with it, what is it, the AAS? Yeah, no, I mean I thought uh, he would be a pretty phenomenal starting quarterback there. But hey, I mean it's be- I guess it's better than Sean Mannion as backup. I I can't believe any like Rams fan getting excited over that signing because it's like they know their franchise quarterback is currently there, number sixteen. He's on his contract year, and I think the way that the the, the Rams should approach the season is, you know, you have to, you guys are in win now mode, and that extension for Jared Goff is is in the horizon. So they have to, you know, gather as much assets as possible, and they have to, you know, execute now, execute now. For sure, um, yeah, time's ticking for them because eventually they're gonna have to pay Jared Goff. Uh, last thing, I mean, we talked about it on the last pod, pre-free agency, but Eric Weddle, I mean, now that I look at it, it's two years, $10.5 million, five, five and a quarter guaranteed. I mean, it's not that bad of a contract um, in, in, the, in comparison to the likes of like Landon Collins and a couple of these other free agents that got paid. Uh, it's not too bad. Um, anything else you want to kind of add to that? I mean, Eric Weddle, he's, He's kind of up there. It was kind of veteran signing too. It, you know, it sucks that they had they lost Joiner. However, um, I think he'll be fine. He, I think he still has, he still has uh, miles on him. I don't know. There was, I seen something where I don't know if it's I didn't fact check it now, but Eric Weddle he had issues in coverage last year in Baltimore. But I, I'm not too sure about that, but. I mean, like it is, I think Wade Phillips, the way that he designs his uh, his defenses is just, you know, just stay in your zone and just know your assignments and you'll be just fine. But they did have issues in, in pass, uh, passing situations last season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that the Rams didn't sign any offensive linemen. They're, they lost Roger Saffold. I mean, great guard slash tackle. 
a utility guy for them, but uh, he was their interior lineman for the, like the last couple seasons. He went to the Titans. He got paid. I think he got you know like a forty-ish million dollar deal. Good for him. But they didn't really find any replacements. Uh, I guess they're going to go with their depth. But uh, you know, Havenstein, Whitworth. I mean, they're getting a little bit older. Um, that was one kind of shocking, shocking thing for me personally. Um, yeah, this whole Todd Gurley, the whole arthritis story that's coming out now, like he is in more pain than people perceive him as. That's been uh, kind of wonky. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I mean, I heard meniscus. I heard, I mean, I heard there was something going on, but they haven't really gone on record to recognize what the injury was. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's arthritis, that's, that's not a good thing because that's like a persistent type of injury. It's not something that you could heal technically and here's the Part thing they, they just gave him like a four million or like a four year what 50 something million dollar deal yeah don't you think i mean wouldn't the medical doctors like do mris or whatever tests they have to run the show that assuming that it is arthritis wouldn't they kind of look into it i don't know it seems kind of strange i haven't heard too much officially from the rams but uh if anything too this kind of my take on this is you know Obviously, you're rooting for Gurley, and it's good for the running back position for him to get paid. But because of his disappointing finish, because of this injury ordeal, think about like Le'Veon Bell, for example. I mean, he was hoping to get a big payday. He sat out this year with the Steelers. He was looking for something uh, very similar to Gurley. But because of Gurley's stock and just how you're seeing the league going, he ended up getting pretty much the same amount of money had he have played for the, the Steelers he's with the Jets now he's on a what like a 15 million dollar per year deal with the Jets but um, you, you get what I'm saying right mm-hmm. yeah for sure that's uh I don't know the whole Le'Veon Bell thing that's that's a different story like man is it just is that just the graveyard for Le'Veon Bell or is he actually gonna help him out I don't what do you think I mean for that that is um I mean, for one, quarterback's best friend is going to be a receiving, tight end, running back, something on the shorter routes, and so that's good for Sam, Sam Darnold. Le'Veon Bell as a whole, I mean, obviously their offensive line isn't as good as, you know, the Steelers, who are a top-five offensive line. I know that the Jets made a trade with the Raiders to get assembly, and, you know, they're, they're trying to beef up their line and make it worthwhile. But, yeah, I mean... We've seen time and time again that it's hard to get true value investing so much at the running back position. I mean, the Niners, they signed Jet McKinnon. They gave him like a, what, a three-year, 40-ish million dollar deal. Front-loaded, of course, but, you know, before the season started last year, he, he tore his ACL. And now you see the Niners, they gave him, and we can talk a little bit more about this, they gave Tevin Coleman uh, a much more savvy type of signing for three years 8.5 million dollars i mean you're you're seeing that you can find some value for running backs right i love that signing by the way that was probably one of my favorite other than d4 that was my number two favorite signing and it was kind of out of nowhere too like i knew that he was a free agent but kind of forgot because you know his name kind of got buried within like all the you know the premier names but I was actually pleasantly surprised and, and happy that Niners did that. 
I could argue that this that is probably their best signing value-wise. I mean, you know, they're always trying to find value in free agency. And so, yeah, three years, what, $8.5 million. He can go up to $10 million in guaranteed money if he stays healthy. But I think more importantly, the cool thing about Tim Coleman is he's also played for Kyle Shanahan in the past. He was a third-round pick with the Falcons, and ironically, he was supposed to be the guy. It wasn't supposed to be Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman was a later pick, but Devontae Freeman outplayed Tevin Coleman and got more run, and he's being paid as such. But then Tevin Coleman, in his own right, um, a good two-way player, he had, I mean, shoot, he had, I think he had four rushing yards. Oh, not, not four rushing yards. He had four receiving no, he had four rushing touchdowns. He had five receiving. He had nine touchdowns last year, which is way more than any Niners offensive player last year for them. So, I mean, it's it's a good pairing. I think it's a good pairing. You know, Shanahan is going to utilize him how he did, same way he did in Atlanta. But now he has more weapons. It's interesting because I was looking at the depth chart. And Matt Morita wasn't even on the depth chart. It was number one, Chuck McKinnon. Number two, Tevin Coleman. But, but let's put this out there. Speaking of, okay, so you have you have Jets, you have Coleman, you have I mean yeah, you have Brita, you have Mostert, you have four running backs on the roster. I think it was it April first, April third. That's the deadline. If they were to cut Jet McKinnon. They would only have $3 million in dead cap space from that. Um, if you're Lynch, I mean, what, what are you doing? What are you going to do? He did one of those, like, where he's going to be part of our team and we really like his abilities and his versatility type of bullshit. We all seen and heard that before from Lynch and... You know, we've seen how that ended up. Cassius Mars, for example, we, he needs to be part of our team. He he he's the Niner. He shows the Niner way. Blah blah blah. And then boom, D Ford, and then cut Cassius Mars. Yeah, so it he could did, be. He did the same thing for Jimmy Ward too, saying like he's 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 so versatile and we love his worth ethic. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they have one more trick up their sleeve and during the Should they keep Jerick McKinnon? I mean, one quick thing I will say about the Niners, especially kind of like the money where they're investing in. Uh, they spent a ton of draft capital in Reuben Foster. didn't work out, so they paid a ton of money to Quan Alexander. Uh, they paid a ton of money to you know Kyle Yuschek, Juice at the fullback position. And uh, yeah, they're, they're spending a lot of money at running back. So it's interesting. They're you know, typically every team likes to prioritize their money at certain positions, and it seems like for the Niners, it's been running back, it's been weak side linebacker, um, just I don't know, interesting. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. So, mm-hmm. um, hey, we can't. We we didn't talk about your boy uh, Jordan Jordan Matthews. Sure, we can talk about him. So, for those that don't know, I've been a big fan of Jordan Matthews, which is kind of interesting, too. It feels like it's like reliving the 2015 draft class because Jordan Matthews, he was a second-round pick. Jimmy Ward was a first-round pick, and I wanted them to draft Jordan Matthews over Jimmy Ward. Um, 
speaking of, let's go ahead and put everyone in the mix. 2015, a couple of picks before Jimmy Ward, there was this cornerback out of TCU. His name was Jason Verrett. Uh, the Chargers nabbed him, and he was a pro bowler early on in his, in his career. And here's the thing. All three guys, Jimmy Ward, Jordan Matthews, Jason Verrett, they've been injured throughout their career. So it's 2019, four years later, and now they're all on the Niners right now. And Jordan Matthews, he's coming off. I think he, I think earlier last year he was in the Patriots camp, tore his hamstring, uh, got an injury settlement. Then he came on board with the Eagles late last season, and he ended the season on a high note. He's a free agent now, uh, 27 years old, and so the Niners got him one year, five million, and then the Niners also nabs Jason Verrett for one one year. Uh, crap, one year, actually, my, my apologies, Jordan Matthews, one year, 1.8, and then they got um, Jason Verrett for one year, 3.6. I mean, Tia, say you about this. Uh, Jordan Matthews, it's okay. Most, you know, the salary speaks for his value, and I think it's fine. He has higher upside than he, if anything. Um, Shanahan was on record today, by the way, saying that Niners, even though with the with the acquisition of Jordan Matthews, are definitely going to need to add to the wide receiver corps. So expect something during the draft. Hakeem Butler. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Be nice. 6'5". Jason, Jason Brett, I, you know, another... He hasn't played in two years. And, you know, he was out all last year with uh, with Achilles. And the year before that was, I believe, a leg injury. So, I mean, if he's healthy and he can play a full season, man, what? Ew. Him lining up across from Sherm, that's, that's awesome. However... If it doesn't work out, then, you know, another season of uh, Kilo or uh, Tarverius Moore is going to be complete. Um, it's weird. This year, I feel like a lot of our, well, a few of our signings are contingent on whether they're healthy or not, instead of being fully healthy during uh, during training camp. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, John Lynch, for like the last couple of years, I mean, yeah, they'd be getting great value, but there's a reason why you're you're able to get these guys with such, you know, team-friendly contracts because they're hurt or they're coming off some shit. There's usually something, kind of an asterisk with these players, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. 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 Let's, see. Let's do, you want to do, uh, did we talk about everyone? We did, right? Pretty much, except for the Seahawks. Um, I mean, there's nothing too much to talk about the Seahawks. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. Obviously, they should have advanced or, you know, they had their opportunities against the Cowboys. But uh, what I will say about the Seahawks is they kind of business as usual. They had they had an Eopati. They re-signed K.J. Wright. Uh, they re-signed Michael Kendricks. They got a new kicker, which is awesome because I know in years past – Kicking has been a motherfucker for them. So, uh, Jason Myers was the kicker. He was actually with the Seahawks prior last year. Um, they cut him for Janikowski. Jason Myers has a Pro Bowl season with the Jets, and now he goes back to the Seahawks, which is cool. Um, but pretty much the Seahawks team is about the same. Um, Justin Coleman, their nickelback, went to the Patriots. No, he went to the Lions. Um, 
Yeah, uh, I mean, nothing too much to say about the Seahawks. I mean, steady as she comes, I guess, which is kind of what I expected yeah. anyways, so. Yeah. And, you know, I follow a few uh, Seahawks uh, forums, I guess you would call it, you know, writers, and they were just kind of eager to see what, what the Seahawks would do, but they really just kind of retained their same players. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, they do that every offseason, I feel like. I mean, every so often they'll make a splash, but I haven't really seen too much the last two, three years in regards to, like, being really aggressive in free agency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anything yeah, else top, top of mind with, uh, with the Seahawks or anything else with, with the NFC West? Uh, you want to do real quick, uh, just give them letter grades for the offseason, for free agency? Sure, might as well. And keep in mind, listeners, we are... Shoot. Okay, so free agency is done. Never mind. The draft <laughs> is on April 20, 25th. I mean, we've still got a ways to go, but yeah, let's go ahead to you. Let's start with the uh, the Seahawks. Oh. Give me give me a grade with the Seahawks right now. Seahawks, uh, I mean, they resigned their own players. I would give them probably a C, only because they they did, they didn't improve. It kind of just remained the same in my eyes. How about you? I'll give them like a B minus, C plus, in in the sense where, you know, what they're coming off. Uh, a very surprising season where they weren't even supposed to, supposed to make the playoffs. They did, and they, they kept the team. Offensive line was a lot better last year anyways, and so it wasn't like a, a big need maybe in years past. And so steady as she goes. Steady as she goes. <laughs> I'm kind of okay with it, you know, like it's – um. It's whatever, right? It's not like it's not a failing grade. Because here's the thing, like you know, for the Niners fans, for example, you know, the Niners are a bad team. They have a ton of cap space, and so if the Niners didn't do anything, so in this instance, if the Niners were like the Seahawks and they didn't do anything, I would have given the Niners like an F. But the Seahawks, they have a good roster. They have a franchise quarterback. I mean, it's it's not the end of the world for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, conversely, all right, Niners, you know, no bias, but, yeah, this team has been the most heavily involved within the NFC West in regards to free agency. So, do you do you like what they've done, or do you think it's a bunch of, like, you know, injured bullshit? I, I give them, listeners might think I'm biased, but I give them B+. Plus. I think they address the, the pass rushing position. They and added another running back, a formidable running back. I wouldn't call it an A because, you know, we still have glaring holes in our secondary, including free safety. So I guess that's, you know, they plan to build that during the draft. I'll give them a B minus. And the reason why I give them a minus is because, I mean, technically, on paper, they needed help at linebacker they got Quan Alexander and they needed help with receiver they got like they pretty much filled their needs on paper but they have so much cap room and they really could have improved their team had they you know had they been a little bit more aggressive with a more traditional contract on record I wanted Tyrell Williams um, I wanted Earl Thomas I mean it's kind of befuddling where they had this cap room and 
you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to be 28 this upcoming season. He's coming off an ACL injury. And so you need to give him some players because, you know, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, their their job, I can't believe it, but it's already been three seasons. And so it's a very crucial year this upcoming 2019 season. Um, they had the opportunity to get Earl Thomas. And I know that from what I understand, they weren't going to give any defensive back more money than Richard Sherman. But is that really the right way to go about it? Because, you know, single high safety is so important in this cover three defense. Um, everything else, ho-hum, good value. D Ford is the most impactful signing. Uh, Quan Alexander is obviously the most expensive right away off the bat. But D Ford, you traded a second rounder. You're paying him. Edge rusher, 17 mil money. You finally get your guy. Um, he's going to live up to that contract. Um, that remains to be seen, but I get it. I'd say that's the most positive acquisition they've gotten. Um, but, I mean, just overall, I, I think it's a B-minus where they did everything they needed to do on paper, but they really could have... Man, if they added this plus an Earl Thomas, it really would have... Um, it really would have set precedent for a very optimistic offseason. And let's not even get started about... They got D Ford, but they didn't trade for OBJ. That's another ordeal where it does make you wonder where they did well, but they could have they could have been better. That's that's just where I'm at. Yeah. So, um, Rams, what say you about this to you? Mm, I'd give them a B. They they got uh, Clay Matthews, who I think is going to be effective. They replaced uh, Joint. Um, Joiner which with Weddle, so I, I think that'll be just fine. And yeah, I give him a B. What about you? I'll give him a B, B plus. Clay Matthews, good addition. The team's about the same. They retained Dante Fowler, which is good because they gave a, up a third round pick from him last year. Uh, I think it's more so for this team next year. They made the Super Bowl. They lost in a, in a really bad way. So will they have that Super Bowl hangover? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the X's and O's for Sean McVay, meaning you pretty much have the same team and you got outskinned by the Patriots. And so what are you going to do moving forward? Because all the defenses have a full offseason to look at the film and try to figure your, your shit out. So that's just my take. Mm-hmm. B, B plus, though. I mean, uh, I don't think they got it any worse. And that's that, that's a plus, especially for a team with a ton of uh, cap invested. They're win now mode, and they didn't get progressively worse after their Super Bowl season. Uh, last but not least, with the number one pick in the NFL draft, sitting atop the board, the Cardinals. What would you grade their offseason thus far, leading into April twenty fifth? Uh, man, damn. C minus. They really didn't do anything to to just too many too many con- like not controversies, but you know the headlines with the Kyler Murray. That's pretty much like their main headline, and they didn't really uh, you know they did get Terrell Suggs, but outside of him, I think that's pretty much all they did. Yeah, um, new head coach. What do you think? I feel like. 
kind of like John Lynch and Carl Shanahan for their first offseason. I mean, they didn't do too much in free agency. They did some. Uh, they got Garcon. They got Yuschek. But it seems like the Cardinals are trying not to tip their hand on what they're going to do in the draft. They didn't really sign too many, too many pieces. Uh, Jordan Hicks is a very nice addition to replace um, uh, at the linebacker spot. Dion Buchanan, who went to the Steelers. I mean, that's cool. Uh, Kevin White, he could be a, a low-risk, high-reward option at receiver. J.R. Sweezy, that's nice. Robert Alford, that's okay. Uh, but nothing to really, especially for uh, a team with the number one overall pick. I mean, I know that rebuilding franchises typically have to spend a lot more money on the open market to get a top guy. So maybe that's why they punted free agency. Uh, but yeah, I'll give it a C. I think that their offseason is really more predicated upon what they do in the NFL draft. And what they do there will kind of dictate the type of offense they're going to have, and w- which is why maybe maybe that's why they didn't really sign anyone on offense because they're kind of, kind of a, a wait-and-see approach with, with the Cardinals. That's, that's just my take. All right, well... Tee up. I, I appreciate your time as always. And this is the Just the West free agency pod. Anything to kind of leave our listeners with uh, on a final note? Uh, no, I think I'm, I'm excited for the draft. Too bad it's just so far away. But, you know, I guess we're just, we'll do as much speculation as possible. And then do a pod once a. Uh, yeah, I think actually for me, the goal would be since April's right around the corner, I'd like to do a mock draft. I usually do a couple of mock drafts to um, kind of excite ourselves and keep ourselves entertained be- before the actual draft ha- happens. And so I think probably the first week of April, I'll do that. But I don't know. Anything else have in mind? Uh, no, I think that should be it, bro. All right, man. Well, hey, to my listeners, thank you so much for checking out the pod. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. It's lit. Just the West podcast, but also Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Tee up. Till next time. We out here. We out. Peace.